Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. This is our ninth official episode. Connor, it is October 20th, and each team has played... One to two games. One to two <laughs> games. Big things, big things. Uh, today, we're pretty much going to be talking about our first impressions of what we've seen around the league in the first one to two games of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, just... A reminder, this is only one to two games. For content reasons, we're basically overreacting to the very first beginnings of the season. From one or two games, it's not very easy to tell how the rest of the season is going to play out. But this is sort of, we're, we're making predictions or, you know, sort of reacting to just how the season has started off. And we're sorry if we don't get to your favorite team or favorite player, because we don't really have time for that. We like to keep our episodes pretty short. And... Um, yeah, again, there hasn't been that much actual time played yet. This is just what we've noted from the limited game so far. Um, let's kick it off. Let's talk about the Pelicans. The Pelicans have been arguably the most exciting team so far. Uh, one of four teams that remain 2-0, and the Bucks, the Raptors, the Warriors, and the Pelicans. And I think the sort of the most impressive thing so far has been we, we obviously knew that Anthony Davis was going to come out this year, guns blazing, going to be an MVP candidate, especially without DeMarcus Cousins this year. But Nikola Mirotic and Julius Randle have been arguably just as important to this team's success so far. Nikola Mirotic, in the first two games, scoring 32 points and 36 points. They upset the Rockets in the first game, in the first game of the season. That was so shocking. Which is very surprising. If you honestly, if you if you would have said before that game that the Rockets were that the that the Rockets were going to lose, you would have been called crazy. Yeah, that was definitely the, no, no one was really expecting that. that yeah, that's, I mean, that's all like anyone can say. Like that, that's that's surprising. That wasn't supposed to happen. But Anthony Davis so far has looked for one just straight up dominant. Right, Anthony Davis looks hard to stop. Always has, always will. Yeah, in that but, game he had 32 points, 16 rebounds, and eight assists. Eight assists, I read, is a career high for him, which is pretty impressive, I would say. That's near triple like, double. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that he's never recorded 10 assists, but I guess it makes sense because he's played yeah. power forward and center, and the he's offense. He's not Nikola Jokic. Yeah, he's not Nikola Jokic, obviously, but. I mean, I feel like some games he would maybe just go off and have these games where he would have a lot of assists. But I mean, mm-hmm. what are the other really score? What are the other scores that he's had on his team well, in his career? Oh, oh okay, okay, in his career. But in terms of scores right now, let's talk about Nikola Mirotic. I mean, thirty-six points and thirty-two points. Has he been the most important part of their offense so far? No, <laughs> I mean Anthony Davis is a superstar talent. I would actually argue that. I think Nico's success is due to the fact that, that Anthony, you have to guard that, Anthony Davis yeah, first. That Anthony Davis is playing yeah. center, so Nicole Miritich, Miritich um, kind of gets the the other maybe 
the lesser of the two yeah, defenders. The, the, definitely yeah. the lesser of the two defenders. Because mm-hmm. if you look at their line, Nicola's playing power forward. He's not playing small forward, which is definitely a good decision for them. They've uh, they've each one more at small forward. I think definitely Davis going off for 32, and I forget what he, what he had against the Kings, but it was... It was like 25 as well. Yeah. But the reason, the only reason, I don't, I don't literally mean, obviously, Anthony Davis is by far the best player in this team and by far the most important to this team. But I'm saying, is is Nikola Mirotic the most important part of the offense just in that we know that the, that the entire, the defense is going to have to focus on Anthony Davis to stop him, which really isn't possible, but they're going to try. It's, uh, it's so important to have somebody next to Anthony Davis that can score at a high level for this team to be successful, and that is what Nikola Mirotic has done so far this season. Yeah, but the thing about Nico is, like, I, I almost use the word secondary star. He's not like he's not oh. a, he's not a star. But, no, but he. I but, mean, but he's playing next to Anthony Davis. He doesn't need to be. Yeah, obviously, but I would say that the next go-to scorer in the future. If we're overreacting here, I don't. I don't think it's going to be Nikola Mirotic. I don't think it's going to be Nico because Drew Holiday can still score the ball. They have. Mm-hmm. Julius Randle, who I believe can play well off the ball. Yeah. And they have... I think Nico's value really comes in. It's not that he can create shots. That's one of his weaknesses in his but, game. But if... I mean, if you watch the game, though, he was hitting step-back threes and taking it to the hole. He was scoring from... You know, he was basically scoring at will in some of these games. Throwing up okay. heat-check threes. It was very impressive. Okay. I mean, I... I am not gonna. I'm not trying to say that Nikola Mirotic is an elite scorer in this league, but what I'm saying, and obviously, like we said, we you shouldn't react or overreact to the first two games of the season. But what he's doing so far is very impressive. Is it? To what extent is he going to keep this up? We don't know. I and don't, that was sort of a question I had written down for you. Um, okay, I don't think that he's not going to average thirty. He's right? not going like, to average okay, thirty. Like, I don't think he's going to average twenty. Is my point. Really. I don't know. I, right. I don't think so. I don't think he'll. I think he'll average less than eighteen. All right. I think. Uh, what did he average last year? Do you know? Uh, I can check right now. I think All that. Right. I think that Drew Holiday is going to average more points than him. I, I yeah. I mean, uh, Drew Holiday is a better player than he is, and 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 Drew. You know, the offense kind of has to run through a guard too. You know, if you think about it. So yeah. Drew Holiday is going to have to bring the ball up the court, or Alfred Payton is going to have to bring the ball up the court because Alfred Payton triple double, but. La- okay, um, last year he averaged sixteen point eight point eight points per game. On... But I think I think that he will he will average more than he did last year for sure because he's in one set team for the entire season, assuming you know the Pelicans keep him. But like last year he got traded to the Pelicans from the Bulls like mid season, and yeah. he started he he got a lot better as soon as he be- he was on the Pelicans. I think. Yeah, that 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 is mm. he, actually no, he started he putting was up bigger he, numbers. Well, right? I don't know. No, he had a crazy month. I think it was December. Where for he, the for the Bulls, yeah, he averaged like twenty five or something. <laughs> it was insane. That that's what caused him to trade him. Yeah, because yeah. The Bulls did not want to win games, and Nico was won them at least the, yeah, four yeah. games. All right. And that's why they have Wendell Carter and not Mo Bamba. I guess. I don't know. Hmm. All right. Um. Let me just ask you as well. What do you think about? Julius Randle. I mean, I think that we've seen him be sort of in the first two games. Again, it's pointless to overreact, but he's coming off the bench, being sort of what the Pelicans needed as a front court player to come in and replace Anthony Davis and Nikola Mirotic as a guy who can score, he can rebound, he can defend, and we've even seen him play make a little bit 
you know, t- grabbing the board and going coast to coast, creating his own shot or creating a shot for others. I think he'll, I think maybe his main value is, I don't know if he'll start or come off the bench for the entire season, but if he comes off the bench, he serves as another ball handler on their roster mm-hmm. alongside Drew Holiday because, like, N- Nico Miritich isn't really that. Yeah. But I would say his value is he's going to speed up their offense because he's a big who can run the court and can handle it enough to run the fast break like you were just saying. Yeah. And and I think I think that it's that's exactly what the Pelicans needed because when the when the when when Anthony Davis goes off the court, I feel like the Pelicans you would think the Pelicans wouldn't really have much offense. Now with Julius Randle with Nikola Mirotic with um you know, I don't know. They who is it? They've got they're going to have other options off the bench, especially with uh, now actually, we're seeing... I'm, I'm looking at their roster right now. When they w- beat the Rockets, when they put up 131 point, points against the Rockets, they only had seven people who scored. And excluding really? excluding Solomon Hill, who had three points, they had six people who scored. Yeah, yeah. Cech Diallo did not score. Darius Miller did not score. Julia Locafor did not score. Frank Jackson yeah, okay. did not score. Basically, my point is this bench was so bad last year that Julius Randle is going to make a world of difference, and yes. just that they have an option just come off of the, off the bench and score. I don't. I didn't mean to say that they they're going to have they're going to have multiple options really off the bench because they're not really. Alfred Payton's not a scorer off the bench. I think that's going to be a weakness in their roster. Mm-hmm. It's. I, but I think that that Julius. Basically, my point is that Julius Randle as a sixth man is going to be so important to this team's success going forward. I agree. All right, let's move on. We spent a long time in the Pelicans. Let's talk about the Raptors. Um, Another team that's two and zero so far. Can I just say something real quick? Yeah, go for it. Opening night, the Celtics dominate dominated the 76ers. Mm-hmm. and everyone was talking about, oh, the Celtics are going to run away with the East. Run yeah. away with the East. Oh, they just beat uh, one of the top teams in the East, and I think people unconsciously associated 76ers with the Raptors, just lumped them in the same tier, whether they think yeah. that definitely or not mm-hmm. it's kind of put them in the same tier i am under the impression that the 70s or that the celtics and the raptors are head and shoulders above the rest of the east agreed based on the first two games if i wasn't already sure of that the first two games have made me sure of that Kawhi leonard has fit into this offense and this team as a whole so seamlessly it's scary to be honest like that this team it, this team just looks so much better than they did last year when they also finished first in the east given that Gordon Hayward was not on the court at all and Kyrie Irving was out here and there. But, you know, with his first action in two years, Kawhi Leonard's been, I think, sort of what's been really impressive of that is that with two games, he's reminding people that he is a three to, number three to five player in this league, I think. I would say, I would say five. Yeah. I had him, I, I had him, as number three two years ago but behind um lebron and kd that's higher than most people would have him most people had him below curry or whatever but i think that he's already proving that you know what he hasn't missed a beat even though he missed even though he missed last season he's jumped right back to the production level that he was at yeah, two years ago definitely mvp caliber he was my mm-hmm. second pick for mvp yeah go watch that award show prediction yeah. episode i actually interesting. let me let me ask you so i with the I ask, I have the MVP potential sort of written down in notes, um, because the Raptors beat the Celtics, it looks like a strong possibility that they will even they might even win the East. 
if not, could be the second seed. I think the, the, the Celtics-Raptors have got the East locked up as locked one and up. two. They're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I, yeah. don't, I don't think everyone agrees with that, but I think that is pretty certain. I, I don't want to say it's certain, but it's it looks very, very likely. Um, so and But also, the only reason I think that Kawhi Leonard really might not win MVP, even though I feel like he will have an MVP caliber year. It's the narrative. The, yeah, the media, the story. Yeah. After what he did to the San Spurs Antonio as an organization, Spurs. is he sort of tarnished in the eyes of the media? I don't think so. I think if something was to hold him back in the media for not winning MVP, it mm-hmm. might just be the fact that the Raptors are in Canada, and that's a horrible thing to think. <laughs> that's a, that's uh, yeah. a horrible thing to think. I don't think anyone's thinking but, about but, that. But you, you, you do have a whole country behind your side, I mean, in, in, in theory. Well, I mean, think about this. The Raptors... This is the media influence on on the Toronto Raptors franchise. Yeah. The Raptors never play on Christmas Day. They've been a top two team in the East for the past five years, or mm-hmm. four years, and they've never played on Christmas Day. That's they true. did not play on opening night. Yeah. I Yeah, basically, okay, so the point we're trying to make, the point that I think that we can both agree on, is that even if Kawhi keeps up, the you know, basically the incredible display that he's put on so far through two games... Can they, the Raptors continue to win, and Kawhi continues to carry this team and just, I mean, just look like he's been there for the last ten years, even though he just arrived. Well, look, and and you know, and, and missed all of last year. Okay, let's talk about the team that that I think they're going to face in the Eastern Conference Finals. All right, the Celtics. I think that they showed on opening night. I, th- I didn't know who was going to win. I thought the 76ers could come out rolling and Joel Embiid would just have a really good night. Mm-hmm. The the Celtics, there's no other word. They just dominated. They just yeah. kicked them around. They kicked the I would, Sixers around and just stepped on their throat. That's what I think. I mean, that... Okay, now that, you're pro Sixers. Go. That became <laughs> that became the result of the game. But right out of the gates, it didn't look that way. Yeah. At, you know, well, I would say for the I, first I'm, half... I'm going to be candid here. I didn't watch the first half. I watched the, first, the second half. The, okay, yeah. The first half, to me, I think it it ended as like a 5-10 to 10 point game or something. And it ended as, you know, like a 20-25 to 25 point game or something like that. But the first half felt close. It felt like that they were going back and forth and that both teams were pretty sloppy but that it was a tightly contested Did game. Did you see that video? The first two minutes of the NBA season, there were like five turnovers. <laughs> it was insane. It was was just that back- in that game? Yeah, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the first minutes of the yeah, NBA no, it, season, and it, it there were five like turnovers back-to-back. It was so bizarre. It felt like that, yeah. And, uh, but part of, you know, part of that is Ben Simmons is ben Simmons and Markel Fultz were the two main ball handlers for the Sixers, both of whom are very young. And Kyrie Irving had a pretty bad night, opening night. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I think they were able to beat them. I, Despite I, Kyrie yeah. not showing up. But I think... And, I and by the way, Gordon Hayward having a bad night from the field. It was his first game back in a year. You wouldn't expect much more. Yeah. But but when you're but when Kyrie like scored single digits... For, or Kyrie didn't have any points in the first half, which is the first time he's done that since... You know, in like the last five years or something. And, you know, he, he finished with like single-digit points... And then Gordon Hayward also shot like four for ten or four for twelve from the field. It's surprising that they won this game by okay. twenty five Be- points. Before we talk about Jason Tatum and how he stepped up, I just want to say I don't think it's really valid if someone says, 
oh, they beat the 76ers that badly, and Kyrie Irving didn't even play well. You bring up a good point with Gordon mm-hmm. Hayward, but, and Kyrie Irving didn't even play well. There's not going to be a night where their big five— Are all playing well. Or even three of them. No, or, that's— it, there, there's not going to be a point where – like I'm going to exclude Jalen mm-hmm. Brown and Al Horford because they don't put up as big scoring numbers as the other three do. I mean but, last year Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were about the same. Yeah, but we've seen – I think Jason Tatum – Jason Tatum looks like he's going to be a better scorer, I yes. think. Yes, okay. Uh, more high volume. Yes, but I think it's not really an argument that you can put out there because except for like very rare cases with like the Warriors – you don't get three players on a team that are mm-hmm. going to average 25. Gordon Hayward, capable of averaging 25, I think. Yeah. Uh, Jason Tatum, I mean, not so much, but he did it last night or a few nights ago. And Kyrie Irving, who's capable. They're not all going to have a great shooting night. And even if they are shooting well, they're not all going to get 25 points. There's going to be one yeah. who goes off for 25. There's going to be one who gets 20 Facts. and one who gets 15. And that's going to be how it is, even mm-hmm. if they do play well. I think the most the most – the most value that adding on like a third star of a team, you know, for like the Warriors, adding KD, the most value from that just comes deep in the playoffs or, you know, at the end of the regular season. If you have one guy who is an off night in a really important game, there's another guy waiting there to step up. Yeah. And that's what happened in the first game. That just showed up was like the, the Sixers have maybe the best one-two punch and five years from now, they will this that Ben Simmons yes. and Joel Embiid will be the best one-two punch in the Definitely. league, unless something you know crazy happens and Giannis teams up with Anthony Davis. <laughs> but, um, but if both you know, and both of them had a pretty good night, I you know Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid both played pretty well. But this the was the what was the biggest difference was that the the Celtics' best two players can have an off night. And they can still win by 20 because they're such a deep team. And that's, the Sixers don't have that. Now let's talk about the dude who went off, Jason Tatum. I don't have the stats right now, but I'm pretty sure he had, what, tw- tw- 25? I, I don't think it mm, It was between, like, 18 and 25. It was, That's a big range. But he had a he had a good game. Uh, I mean, it, in the first quarter, it was like Kyrie couldn't get a shot to fall. He couldn't throw a, you know, I don't know, it was like, like a stone in the ocean. Is that the catch for any other phrase? I, I but, think so. <laughs> uh, but but Jason Tatum, you know, they kept talking about, oh, Jason Tatum's been training with Kobe. Oh, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm buying into that. Like, I mean, he looks like he's he looks like he's been playing with Kobe. To be honest, you know, just like the shot creating ability, it looks like a little bit. Yeah. But but you texted me during that game. I was I texted you like in the first quarter, like Jason Tatum's playing well, and you and you were like, he's overhyped. Yeah. Or he said, like, overrated or something like that. I, I kind of retract that. All right. But so what was going through your mind, though? I I think people, especially it built and was quantified by the fact that 2K had him as, like, a, has like a 99 <laughs> overall, or like, like an 87 overall. But I think people were just getting way too overhyped about that he had a good playoff performance. Yeah, he had a good playoff performance, but... I mean, someone had to be taking those shots. Yeah, he did yeah. well, and he made those shots. But a seven-game series, or I guess if you count like the series prior, a, a, a 10 to 15-game stretch, yeah, that's impressive. I wasn't convinced that he took the next step. Now I'm kind yeah. of taking that back. All right. I, I think that's fair. That's fair. That's that's what I'm, that's what a, I'm buying into. That's it. what you know an off-season will do, and that's how you know how a player will change. But Jason you know, Tatum had 23 points, by the way. 
right, that's that's a good game. I mean, like Jason Tatum averaged only like thirteen or something last year. So the fact that yeah. he's you know he's out there scoring twenty three, that's just like a it's a high volume score. That you know besides Gordon Hayward or, and um, and Kyrie and Jalen Brown and Al Horford. Nine you for know, seventeen. Like, nine for seventeen shooting. That's pretty good. Except yeah. he went one for five from three. That was that was yeah. the only thing that I really noticed. But he was he was most of his buckets were coming from the mid range. I feel like, and that was the Kobe. Kobe that was the Kobe aspect. Dude, I, yeah, I was feeling it. He was having mm-hmm. turnaround jumpers. Just one hesitation, like get off of me, mm-hmm. step back. But all right, but tough. let's talk about the Celtics. Um, lost to the Raptors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do we think about that though? I mean, like we kind of talked about it a little bit, a little bit with the Raptors. I mean, is that indicative of how the rest of the season's gonna go? Look, are, are I, there, I don't there? think it really matters. It's one. Yeah. It's one game, and it was just, it was a close game. The Celtics just kind of fell apart, and the Raptors went on a ten mm-hmm. zero run with a few minutes left. Yeah. But I think that shows that the Raptors. The thing that I took from that is that the Celtics are vulnerable. Yeah. Yes. I. They're I not unbeatable. That. They're not unbeatable, but. They're not the Warriors, so mm-hmm. that's not saying too much. And this, the Raptors just, they, they had it. Like, that seemed yeah. very playoff crunch time of them to go and go on a 10-0 run, mm-hmm. get a few charge calls, have that double block on Jason Tatum where Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard simultaneously blocked the ball off the backboard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but I, I, th- I think that this, this Raptors team, what's the most surprising thing is they play so much better than they look on paper. Yeah, they, I, 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 I agree just feel with like, that. and and let's talk about also the Utah Jazz. I was watching them play last night, and I felt the same That's way. Another team that looks. I better. look. I was looking at that. I was like, "How is this team keeping in the game with the Warriors? The Warriors weren't a game winner." I'm a, all right. Let's talk. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the the Jazz versus the Warriors. All right. So, first of all, shout out to my man Joe Ingles. Joe Twenty-seven Ingles. points, seven three pointers, and also simultaneously. Teaching a fifth grade math class. <laughs> he looks like a math teacher. Anyways, conti- continue. <laughs> I've never heard that before. It's surprisingly oh, really? accurate. Oh, yeah. That's um, true. But I heard, okay, so I heard Doris Burke. She's Shout in the first me. quarter, like, Joe Ingles is the most important <laughs> player on this team. Chill. Joe, she called Joe Chill. Ingles. All right, she called Joe Ingles the most important player on the Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Do you agree that's a little bit crazy? You think yeah, that Doris Burke? I think, I think that's crazy. I think he's a glue guy. I think he might yeah. even be the glue guy. Not even defensively, because that's obviously Rudy Gobert, and not offensively, because that's but, but he's Mitchell. a But he's a very good defender. Despite not being the most athletic, he's a yeah, very the, good defender. This Utah Jazz team has a lot of good defenders. Yeah, yeah. All right, but, and, and, and offensively, you know, he can go off for 27 and make seven threes, and he's an important part of the offense. But, but the fact that Doris Burke called him the most important player on the team is wrong. She kind of called it. She kind of <laughs> called that. She said that in, like, the first quarter. So shout-out to Doris Burke. But with Rudy Gobert on the team, I don't know how you can call him the most valuable. It's blasphemous. Uh, blasphemous. Because Rudy Gobert, when Rudy Gobert is on the court, this is the best defense in the league. For sure. And that's that's the Rudy Gobert effect. He's the best defender, you know, the best, like, big-man defender in the league yeah, right but, now. But everyone, every team in the NBA would like to have Joe Ingles on their roster. For sure. He's he's the guy but, that everyone but wants. you'd probably say the same thing about Rudy Gobert. Yeah, but well, you know well, maybe he, you don't want to pay he, him like all the money if you've already got a good defending center. Yeah. But he, he's like white Robert Covington. That's what he is. White lefty Robert Covington. Is he better than Robert Covington? That's an interesting. No, cause I I would say no because while Joe Ingles is a better shooter, Robert Covington is a all NBA defender. So I would probably yeah. value that 
a All little right. bit more. Yeah, that's probably true. I would probably say the same thing. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the, the Warriors at the end of the game. This is something that's kind of bothered me for a while. Is I heard a guy in the train the other day say Curry and the Warriors. And in my mind, I'm like, why is it still Curry and the Warriors when Durant's the best player on the team? All right, before you say that, Durant, <laughs> let, me make, let me make my case. So so Durant, in in my mind, is unquestionably a top two player in the league. If you put him against above LeBron, you're wrong, but I've heard people say that. It's, it's, Le, it's Durant and LeBron. But in, the, in this game against the Utah Jazz, in a game that... Uh, that Kevin Durant had 38 points and Steph Curry had 30 points. They were both playing very well. Who did they give the ball to for the last shot? They gave it to Kevin Durant. And he missed it, and jo- and Jonas Rebko got the got the putback for the win. Funniest thing. <laughs> Which, you know, on a team with <laughs> five all-stars, Jonas Jarebko is yeah. getting the putback. <laughs> but... The Warriors were so, just laughing so hard. Yes, but the, basically, I think, I feel like it, it upsets me that Kevin Durant is not the face of this team, even though he's the best player. And even though that they're, that they're giving the ball to, to him. Say. Stop talking. Disclaimer, I'm <laughs> the biggest Steph Curry fan. Stop talking. Steph Curry is the Golden State Warriors. While Steph Curry will always be the face of the Golden State okay, Warriors. That's what, that's what but I'm that, saying. that deep inside makes me sick to my stomach. Uh, Kevin Durant is a top You're 10 so scorer of all time, bad. bro. You're so wrong. Okay, so... <laughs> All right. Steph Curry, Steph Curry, the fact that he has on a team, yes, Dave Clay Thompson, uh-huh. so he does this also. But the, just having Steph Curry on the on the court, his off ball ability changes and, everything. And, and, it makes okay. the defense yes. change. Yeah, but that's I'm, the same saying, thing is true for Kevin Durant. No, but not as much because Steph Cur- Steph Curry. Honestly, this is this is my opinion. Him and JJ Redick are maybe the best to ever. Like this is a weird skill, but maybe the best ever screen runner offers and then hit that uh, like crazy yes, moving yes. shot like just, in your mouth ju- or just in general screen off ball screen users of all time when it comes right, to yeah shooting. yeah we're, I, we're I a think, little bit biased because we've only seen players yeah, for the last yes, know, like yes, few years but yes. but okay but i think that value just him running around highlighted by steve kerr's offense yeah it's so valuable oh, and i will not I'm saying. and i am I'm not saying, denying that. i'm saying that adds to his value that he averaged the same amount yeah. of points as KD last season, which is true. I think he averaged yeah. a point more. I'm pretty sure that's facts. Maybe. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's facts. But I think that, combined with off-ball ability, combined combined with the fact that he is the captain of the team and the fact that he's the heart and soul of the team, and he's more of a but, nat- but he's is, more of a but nat- is he the heart and soul of the team? Because okay, I yeah, think that most right, player right, in the Warriors right. locker room would say it was Draymond. Okay. But he's the captain of the team, yeah. and he is – he's he's just – yeah, I get, I get it, and I understand why the Curry's the Curry's the heart and soul of the team. But sort of even the deeper point that I'm going for is, if you're Durant, does that bother you enough that after you've won three, four, five championships, you're like, okay, I've had enough. I'm gonna go win a championship by myself. Okay, that's a whole different. That's a thing. That's the point that I'm getting at. Okay. Does that bother you enough that forever this team will be Curry's team? Yes. That that you yes, will leave. That would bother me. Because all right, so I saw Zach Lowe write an article saying that Katie will be on the Knicks, either either this season or next offseason. That's false. Right. Whether you agree <laughs> with that or not, the point that he made was a good one, which is that it will that the Warriors will forever be Curry's team, and if he never wins a championship without Curry and the Warriors, I mean, I th- I think it should be Durant and the Warriors, but Curry, in this case, <laughs> if he never wins a championship without Curry and the Warriors, 
his legacy will forever be a little bit tainted. Whether you like it or not, there's always going to be a star next to KD's name. I so agree. I think that he, I think that he will leave in the next couple of seasons. I, can't believe I don't you think th- that I feel should like, be Katie in the Warriors. I, it's just not. It's I, not I, it. I understand. I understand why it's Steph Curry in the Warriors, but I feel, I feel like in my heart, I feel a little bit bad for Katie. That's why, because I, I love Katie. I acknowledge I, that. I mean, I, I feel like he's a snake, but I love Katie oh, nonetheless. I don't feel like he's a snake. Okay, I understand the move to. Uh, well, we're, let's not get into it. Let's not get into it. Let's not get That's for another time. Okay, but I love Katie. Okay, well, let's right. talk about right. maybe one more team. Only one more? Maybe two more teams. <laughs> All, right. All right, let's just go. Let's go rapid fire though. Okay. Deal. All right. All right. Deal. Okay. We're almost at thirty minutes. Let's go. Bucks also two and zero. Giannis Antetokounmpo, my MVP, putting up triple double stat lines, leading his team to wins. Will he be able to keep it up because he slowed down last year? I think he will. First, uh, first round pick, second overall pick in fantasy. He's officially my boy. So um, I'm hopping on your bandwagon, Connor Let's Flannery. go, let's go. Hopping on your bandwagon, Connor Flannery. But, like, right. n- n- I don't put that much stock in fantasy. Yeah. I think I think he will be able to keep it up. One thing is he's having a lot I, – I, I'm not sure exactly about the stats, but I think he's over-dribbling a bit more from what I've seen, and mm-hmm. that that's kind of been leading to a lot of turnovers. I'm pretty sure he had six or seven turnovers in one of the two games that he's played. I would just – that that's something to watch out. It's a for. little bit, yeah. It's a little bit, concerning. which seems a little bit unusual because of Mike Budenholzer's motion offense system. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Let's talk about Hornets. Kemba Walker, forty-one points, then twenty-six points. I think that the most, the biggest, you know, sort of difference in his game is the ability to hit the pull-up three, not just the wide-open three, but coming off a screen somehow. Like it looks like he's taking a floater. He like jumps 10 feet in from the three-point line and is, like, knocking it down, doesn't miss. That is so dangerous. I, I, would um, say, I saw something that said that Kemba Walker tied Ray Allen for the most threes made in the first two games of an NBA season. I mean, that's to, be, to be fair, that's... That's like a very specific stat yeah. because like, uh-huh. like that's that just happened to have to be chance whether he goes off for like ten threes the first game or the mm-hmm. second game of the se- or the first game of the or the third game of the season like the it, the record is only thirteen yeah but and Steph Curry has done that in one game but right. yeah, also also uh, Miles Bridges I watched his his highlights from um, the other night from or maybe his last night I don't know. Um, it seemed to me like almost all of his playing time was in the fourth quarter. And he dropped like a quick 11 points in the fourth quarter, 15 points total. Was playing very well. Made like three three-pointers. Another like crazy put-back dunk. Is it upsetting that he's only playing in the fourth, that he only got like, you know, 10 minutes of playing time or whatever it was? That's what it looked like to me. Mm, I, I guess, but I think... You the, said, the, the Hornets have a reputation for not playing their rookies. Yeah, of course. And Miles Bridges seems like he's ready to put up big numbers yeah, this year. I think, I think the fact that they put him in for crunch time or at least valuable time in the fourth quarter says something. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, the, the same thing happened with Kevin Knox and the Knicks. Kevin Knox yeah. did not start, but he played crunch time against the Brooklyn Nets, which was huge. All right, yeah, let's let's just move on to the Knicks okay. also. Yeah, yeah. So, so again, he came off the, he came off the bench. And his first game was, eh. His second game was pretty impressive, though. Would you agree? Yeah, he had a three off of a catch and shoot off of the fast break, which is yeah. pretty ballsy, in my opinion. He was his game looked like very natural. He was making shots from all over the court, kind of doing everything offensively that we kid wanted to do. Kid is a bucket. Yeah, kid is a bucket. I was also, Kid Kuda, who's a YouTuber, played in the 2K League, won the you know the Knicks Gaming Championship. Um, he tweeted out, he's a Knicks fan. I like, can't believe we got. Kevin Knox with the ninth overall pick. 
he's the best player in this draft class. Too early to say that? Yes, very. Shut okay, up. agreed. Um, <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr., 31 points and 29 points. Also a fantasy steal. Someone, someone has to score without Porzingis. It's definitely going to be Tim like Hardaway that, Jr. Do you like that it's him, or yes. do you wish that it was Kevin Knox or Frank Milikin or somebody else? I, I like that it's him. Or does that, you know, or is that good because it increases his trade stock? I just think it's good that it's him because he's the best person to do that, and he's also proving people mm-hmm. wrong, including including you, by the way. You you were talking we were talking about Rookie of the Year, and you said they should go to Kevin Knox because they don't really have any other scores on this team. Yeah, except maybe, I was sleeping. I was sleeping on Tim Hardaway. I, he he got paid seventeen million dollars a year, and everyone was upset about that. I don't think he he's got proven us wrong. Yeah, I don't think he got overpaid. Yeah. All right. Um, are you happy they lost to the Nets? Okay, <laughs> that's I, a loaded question. I, okay, I I was watching this with a friend, and he thought I was crazy because I was a little bit happy that the Knicks lost on a buzzer beater. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I, I saw that and I was excited because I'm like, all right, that's that's you know that's <laughs> like, one like, pick higher for us like, or whatever. I hate watching Knicks games when they're bad and they're tanking because I want them yeah. to lose, but I can't I can't watch <laughs> my team and want them to. It yeah, just yeah, seems yeah. so unnatural. All right, I just can't do it. T wolves. Jimmy Butler home opener. They were booing him, but he dropped. Th- I, th- I think it was thirty three in the home opener. It might have been, you know, yeah. in the other one. But boos before the game, MVP chants during halftime. Yeah, or after halftime. That's crazy. I-, I don't know why they booed him. That was pretty crazy. What yeah, that? yeah. Did you hear the boys on through the wire? They said that this whole thing has been a conspiracy theory because Cat said, "I'm not, I'm not re-signing until you tell me that Jimmy Butler is getting traded." Tibbs says, oh, Tibbs says, Jimmy Butler's <laughs> yeah. getting traded. Cat resigns, <laughs> and guess who's still on the team? Jimmy Butler? I don't... Shout out to Through the Wire. Yeah, that's that's putting the, that's connecting the dots, that's bro. That's very funny. I, I, no, I don't think so. I don't think that that would be a thing. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, come on now. How is he still on the roster? I don't get, yeah, I don't, I don't get I it. I don't know how he's still on the roster either. I think it's just kind of the very mm. much reluctancy of the Timberwolves front office to trade Jimmy Butler. Yeah. All right, Spurs. They've only played one game, but with all their point guards out, they really just like don't have many you know point guards. Patty so, Mills. Patty Mills didn't even start. I don't even. Wait, I don't really? even. I don't. I don't even know who started. I forget his name, but he was. <laughs> but he. I, like I, like as you told me, I would know it, but I don't remember who it was. Oh, I I think I know who that is. Yeah. Uh, anyways, the but, European guy. Maybe I don't even. know. I mean, it's the Spurs, so probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. DeMar DeRozan was pretty much like he was. I feel like there was the, he was their primary pick and roll ball handler in that game, with all the injuries. He scored 28 points, and to me, it looked like he was playing pretty well in that role. I think that's good. I think he can adapt the Victor Oladipo type of shooting guard, but primary ball handler looking mm-hmm. to attack the rim and run the offense. I think in today's NBA, that works pretty well. Mm-hmm. You just have your best scorer, best ball handler handle the ball, and that'll automatically create offense. Yeah, for sure. All right, the Nets. Karis LeVert averaging 27.5 points per game on 58% shooting through two games. Hot take. Most improved player. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I believe. Yeah, I, I mean, that was a sleeper candidate, but, I mean, he's making it look like I, I genuinely, it's definitely a possibility. I genuinely think he might be it. Him if, if, if you could, if you could right like now, like, go back and edit your prediction, are you changing it to Karis LeVert? I forget who I had. Uh, you, yes. I, I had Markel. I don't think you yeah, did. Yes, I'm. I'm going yes. Yeah. All right. Um, the Hawks. Trey Young, 17 points per game in his first two games, but shooting 37 and a half percent from the field, 35.6 <laughs> percent I think from three 
Um, is that is that concerning, or is that to be expected? That's to be from, expected from a rookie with Trey Young's play style, that's, with the amount of production they're expecting from. That's him. very much understandable. And yeah. Plus, he's the only creator on the Hawks. Agreed. Really, yeah. he's going to be taking those crazy shots, which is completely fine mm. in my opinion. Through two games, give him time. If yeah. he if he over the course of the entire season shoots thirty seven and a half, uh, you know, percent from the field, that's a little bit concerning. <laughs> but through two games. Not not a big deal. Let's close it off with the Sixers. Markel Fultz starting. Do you agree with that decision or not? No. I think JJ Redick just fits better because sure you can have you can have Markel Fultz ideally in my world, you would have Markel Fultz coming off the bench mm-hmm. and sub him in for maybe JJ Redick and then not too far after that Ben Simmons comes out. Yeah, yeah. And I think the idea is, you know, it's hard for because neither of them can really shoot. You know, yeah, we don't really, we really neither don't know. of them can really shoot. So JJ just naturally fits I, yeah. with a player like Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. who's a creator and gets him open shots. I exactly. Think Marco Fultz, it's just not a good, as good of a fit. And with the probably like 14, 15, 16 minutes that mm-hmm. Ben Simmons is out, Marco Fultz should be in and then add an extra. You should play all of those minutes plus a handful with yes, Ben Simmons. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I agree with that. I don't necessarily disagree though with the fact that he's starting. Because I, I think that it's smart they're getting him a lot of playing time, though. I think um, I, th- I just think it would be bad for his confidence if they took him out of the starting lineup eventually. Yeah, that's true. In terms of their success this year, they blew out the Bulls after the first quarter. Shout out to the Bulls scoring 41 points in the first quarter. That game looked like it was going to be super tight. I was excited for that one. And then it just sort of, the Bulls sort of fell apart and the, they gave up the Sixers just got hot. Points, I think. Yeah, the Bulls like scored like 15 points in the second quarter after scoring like 41 in the in the first something like that so that was that was very impressive from the Sixers but they got killed by the Celtics late game the second Joel half. Embiid gets bodied and stepped on and like just run over every time he faces the Celtics <laughs> and he said it himself no this is not a rivalry yet because we get killed every time we play them and man yeah thanks for acknowledging that Joel I think that's mm-hmm. that's valid I think that's true so so basically my question is is that sort of inconsistency in that they got hot after the first quarter against the Bulls and they sort of fell apart after the second or after the first half against the Celtics? Is that concerning? No, it's two games. I don't think it really matters whatsoever. Yeah. All right. I agree also because they're starting Mar- Markel Fultz, who still doesn't know. We still don't know, and I don't think he knows if he can shoot. <laughs> you know, ben Simmons is still you know, sort of feeling it out. Joel Embiid, despite this being his like fourth or fifth season in the league, missed like two two full seasons and like barely played in the third and this is his first season where he's not on any minutes restriction which by the way that's scary for the rest of the league that is Joel Embiid on no minutes restriction all right but that'll do it I thank you for listening to this episode of space the floor NBA podcast uh go follow us on Instagram at space the floor podcast and on Twitter at space the floor if you're listening to this on Apple podcast thank you continue to listen Give we us a rating. You, we hope you, know, you enjoy five it. Five stars. Yeah, give us a five-star rating. If you're listening to this on YouTube, please leave this video a like. It helps a lot. Uh, Let us know in the comments also if you want to hear something that we didn't talk about. About your favorite team or just another headline. Yeah. And we'll be sure to read it and comment back, and that'd yeah. be cool. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. And thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Peace.